0: Welcome to the Freedom Frontline Podcast. As always, this podcast will be completely raw, completely unfiltered, and completely uncensored. Today, I have a special guest named Alicia. Alicia is a neuro linguistic programming practitioner, also known as an NLP, and functional personal trainer who lives in Vancouver, Canada. Due to her NLP background and having watched alternative media for many years, she easily recognized the government's overreach into handling this entire pandemic. Over the last year, Alicia has taken an interest in studying tons of neurobiology, somatic experiencing, and healing trauma. She's been using this work to holistically heal anxiety herself after a bad experience with pharmaceuticals. In today's episode, we're talking about the subconscious programming that's grasping much of society, the trauma responses people are experiencing, and how this quote-unquote new normal is harmful to people's development. This conversation was fantastic, so here we oui. Thanks for coming on today. I uh, really, really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, no problem. Um, I'm really excited to get into this topic because, uh, you know, I don't think people are really talking about this aspect. Um, You know, everybody's talking about them not getting the jab. And, you know, I think that that's everybody's main focus because it does pull on the heartstrings. But uh, you touched on something extremely, um, extremely important. And it really got my attention Uh, when I seen the video and it was on, uh, children's neurobiological development. Yeah. So, um, if you could give me a little bit of background as to kind of how you got into that, uh, what prompted you to even start looking into this?
1: Okay. So, interestingly enough, like I work in the health and fitness industry, I'm a life coach and personal trainer. So, with my life coaching aspect of things, I'm already certified in working with the subconscious mind. And in my own experience, like I actually had, um, A really crazy situation with anxiety myself. And it was like partially due to uh, various aspects of my own past and all that kind of stuff. But then it was really accelerated when I took some pharmaceuticals that uh, did not really work so well for me. And uh, I ended up just like actually feeling like I was going crazy. And when I came off of the drugs that I was on, I also started to have like body reactions because my nervous system was like flaring after coming off of these pharmaceuticals basically. And so it was really difficult for me and because I already worked with the subconscious mind myself, like I knew that it was more than the subconscious. Like I knew it was something like deeper within me. So I was doing more research and started to learn that the nervous system and the subconscious mind are partners in crime. And there's a, a style of therapy called somatic experiencing. And so um, it was developed by a man named Dr. Peter A. Levine. And he's got a ton of books. Like if you search his name, you can find a, a ton of audiobooks and stuff. And he's brilliant. And he discovered in, I believe it was 1969, like this work's been around for a long time. He was already a psychologist. And he discovered working with a woman who had a whole bunch of different health issues. Um, you know, nobody could really help her. And then she was sent from doctor to doctor and she was sent to Dr. Levine. And he figured out his somatic experiencing work while working with this woman, because, you know, he couldn't really get her to relax. And she had fibromyalgia and like a whole bunch of other health conditions and stuff. And then in their session, he suddenly saw this vision of a tiger in the corner of the room. And he said to her, there's a tiger in the room run. And her body started to like move like she was running on the table and that's happened to me in sessions too actually because you're letting go of stored survival stress and you know she went through this whole experience and stuff and she like you know came out of the experience and she said to him she had this flashback to a uh, time in her childhood where she was being like put into a stressful situation and you'll never believe what was happening to her she was in a like medical treatment type of situation she was being forced to wear a mask
0: no way
1: yeah like you can't even make this up and so this is what she was so stressed out about like i don't know what i can't remember if she's getting her tonsils out or what it was but like, like she had this vivid memory of being a child being held down in a you know medical treatment situation while she was being forced to put a mask on her face and this had contributed to her you know, having this early childhood shock trauma. And then as we progress as human beings, we're, we're going to face different types of trauma, basically. Yeah. And so like, we'll talk about what trauma is really quickly. And then I'll talk sure. about the general types of trauma. So trauma is like an event that causes you to feel stress. And I can't say to you like, hey, Eric, like, you, you shouldn't feel stressed about, about that because I can't measure what the stressful experience would be like for you on a somatic level. Like that's your own unique experience, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas like, you know, you can't say the person who was in the car accident would have had a more stressful experience than the person who was in the abusive relationship. They're both gonna be stressful. Right, right. And The trauma is measured by the experience that your system has not so much what theoretically happened to you. So um, the three general types of trauma would be early childhood, shock trauma, and um, ongoing stress. And so if you think about the kids today, I mean, this is an early childhood experience that they're having that was a shock trauma for all of us. Like. Remember when they told us in Canada last year, like, oh, the virus is coming to Canada? Like, you know, I had to shut down my business. Like, you know, we all had like a shock that week. There were people that were overseas. It was like, you have to go home and quarantine and all this stuff. And like, it was a big shock to everybody. Mm -hmm. And then it's been an ongoing stress, like what they've been putting the masses through and you know like i'm in bc so we we are the most free province right now and i look at you guys and i just think like i can't believe this is my country like
0: yeah it's insane over here
1: yeah like it's it's just so weird looking at uh, what's happening in ontario on social media so yeah we're all going through this traumatic experience together but it's like it's really harming kids
0: <laughs> so yeah, much absolutely
1: develop into like normal human beings the way they're they're supposed to and so we look at all of society right now being in different uh stress responses like we're all having different trauma responses so there's the people that are in fight there's people in flight there's people in freeze and there's people in um something called fawning so the fight survival response like if we look at animals in the wild we have the same nervous system anatomy as most mammals do. Like there will be a couple little exceptions here and there, but for the most part, we have the same uh, anatomy, but we've got different brains than animals do. So right. energy. in the wild, like a, a tiger, like a mama tiger is just going to protect her, her baby. She's not going to be like, Ooh, I care what people think of me. Am I going to look right, it? right?" going to judge me for speaking up or whatever like she's just going to protect the the babies if there's danger and so we see people right now in society that are in a fight state that are saying that they're not going to bend down to the government that are being vocal about what's happening that are very well-researched individuals who have been following the money and know who's benefiting from everything that's going on right now and have done the research and you know people that are aware that the vaccination, so it's not even legally a vaccination, but the, the jab, like it's still under clinical trial for two more years. And yeah. most people don't even know that, right? They so-
0: don't, they don't at all. And that's, that's what I found to be extremely scary about everyone. I mean, regardless of whatever their response was to the scenario, it got a little worrisome for me that people were just so quick to say, well, I don't even understand what I would be getting inoculated against." but I'm going to do it anyway, because everybody's telling me that it's okay. The floating heads on the TV say that I should. So I'm definitely going to listen. But I think the problem there is their, their doctors, their teachers, their family members, the, the people that they look up to that typically wear the quote unquote white coat are the ones that are telling them that this is completely safe and effective. So, I mean, when you look at somebody like myself, I'm just a carpenter from Ontario, right? A guy who likes to read science, but I don't have the qualifications. So people kind of, in a sense, don't take you serious. So I'm just called the conspiracy theory, right? So it makes it, it makes it very concerning for me, the lack of information people are willing to consume because of the cognitive dissonance aspect of it. It will totally threaten what they believe and have believed their entire lives. And it's terrifying for them. So I wonder if going back to what you're saying, if that could be, if me telling them that their reality isn't, isn't real. It's almost like it, it exists in the media world. It exists in the, in the fakest of places. Do you think that that could be something completely traumatic for them to, to have to challenge every belief that they've always believed in?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, this is why a lot of people won't, uh, accept what's going on. Right. Because it's traumatizing for them and they don't want to accept that they've been programmed. Right. Cause like, yeah, the reason why this was so easy for me to see very early on is I've been, I've been watching alternative media for, for several years and I am like a neurolinguistic programming practitioner. Like I'm formally trained in programming. That's what I right on. life coaching clients. So it's like, I'm, I'm trained in programming. I've been teaching people how to unlearn and, and relearn as a coach. Right. So I just see this and I'm like, okay, well, if, okay, something that happened last year in the media, I decided I wanted to see what it was like to be, you know, in somebody else's mindset. So I watched CNN and the Daily Wire at the same time. Sorry about your luck. Yeah, I just (laughs) wanted to say, hey, what's it like? What are they saying on an alternative independent media versus the corporate media on the same story very, very different narrative, right? And so um, I hadn't watched CNN for many years, but I did as an experiment to see what the masses are being fed. And it was just like, it wasn't even the same narrative at all. It was incredibly bizarre, right? So there's this media manipulation with the language that they use, mm-hmm. and the tone and stuff. So when the people that are in fight mode are like, hey, guys, like, look, this isn't true. Like, these people aren't on your side. Like, Advisors paid the largest criminal fine in U.S. history. Like, you know, you, you say stuff like that, and people are just like, stay home, save lives. <laughs> like, that's <Right>. their response. <laughs> All right, well, fine, whatever. So those people would be in a different nervous system state um, completely. Well, in the fawning state that I mentioned, that's where people, like, go along with something because um, – They believe that they will obtain acceptance and love if they go along with
0: right right
1: so there's people in the fawning state that have done their research but they're afraid to speak up and to be in the fight mode because they due to their own subconscious programming and their own life experiences are like i don't think i should say anything because people won't like me anymore and people will call me a conspiracy theorist people will say horrible things to me and I'll lose friends and la-di-da-di-da. So I'm just going to go along with this stuff so that I'm not that person. And then there's the people that literally have no idea what's going on. Yeah. When you you do tell them, it's like they're fawning, Mm -hmm. going along with everything that's happening in society right now, but they also like can't even do any research. And I know some people who are researched and they'll get like halfway there and then they'll, they'll go back into digging their head in the sand again because somehow It's a, it's a comfort for them. Yeah. You know, it's like a, like an addiction. And it's like, I've said this to so many people over the years. Like, I, I think that a lot of Canadians are in an abusive relationship with the prime minister because this guy's awful. He's like done so many horrible things, but it's like when people are actually in an abusive relationship and they just keep going back and they keep making excuses for somebody else's abusive behavior. Whereas, like, this guy's not good to you. Like, you can break up with him now, everybody. Yeah,
0: yeah. But,
1: but people don't. Like, they go back. It's 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 literally like watching somebody in an abusive relationship. And,
0: and I I wholeheartedly agree with that. I just try to remind people as well as like the crazy thing to me about Trudeau, and I don't want to get too much into this, but was the fact that, you know, he followed in his father's footsteps with the entire immigration narrative. So what he's done is he's always tried to take in people from other places that are horrible. They're just war-torn countries. And then he brings them over here. And at this point, we're wondering, like, Know why does he keep bringing them in, even though there's a quote unquote pandemic? He's still bringing you know 70,000 of them in, and, and so why would you be doing that, right? If it's if we're not even allowed to go from you know Scarborough to Toronto and Toronto to Mississauga, but I can come in on a plane from somewhere else, why is that? Well, it's because this man brings people in from war torn countries, so whatever decision he decides to make, it's better than where they came from. So they continue to stay in this relationship, and they also think that you know the the relationship they had prior was even worse so all they've done was pick the lesser evil they really haven't done anything for themselves right this guy is an absolute clown we all know that right and i i think what you're saying makes a lot of sense i mean there are a lot of people who have done a ton of research like there's this entire group of quote-unquote freedom fighters now um You know, and and while we're out there, you know, protesting and and trying to help the kids and trying to get the message across and do all of these things, a lot of them did fold under the pressure. They were getting the messages telling them that, oh, you know, you're crazy, you're a conspiracy theorist, you're I got one today that was uh, you look like Lucifer and you spread misinformation. And and I couldn't laugh any harder. Right. Because at the (laughs) at the last at the last little rally that we did, there were people there holding a sign that said mask it or casket right and they were holding up devil horns with their hands up on their foreheads but i'm lucifer right so you just got to kind of think like it's comical right <laughs> like you know what but it's it's one of those things that i start to it really makes sense to me that once people start to cast stones you've made it you've arrived you know exactly where you're supposed to be because now they know that your point is so strong your information is so well read that they can no longer attack the information that you're providing So they have to start casting stones at you as a person now, right? So now, what would you say about people that are on the, I guess, my side that are, you know, fighting tooth and nail for our freedoms, looking at the big picture, understand that this was never about a virus? What is the state that we are in? And how do we have the ability to kind of just let everything bounce off of us and just continue to truck forward?
1: Well, yeah, you guys are in the fight, um, trauma response, but for sure, like you're protecting you're, you're being protective, you're being assertive. Um, I think the best thing for you guys is to realize that you can't constantly be in a state of stress. So you've got to find ways to relax as well, because we can't make stress completely go away in life, but we can, um, find states of relaxation so that we're not just like stuck in a stressful sort of stay all the time. And when you are in a fight sort of state, and you're releasing what you need to say, then you're able to regulate out of it as well. Like, we, we can be conscious of that. So, like, there's been times throughout this where I've been interrogated because I haven't been wearing a mask, and um, I, I just I just speak facts, and I speak truth, and I feel myself get stressed, but I regulate out of it, and I have to, you know, just honor, honor yeah. that you know, you guys have to, um, you have to move to BC because we have more freedoms out here and just get all the freedom fighters in the same province and then yeah. take over and say, screw it and separate into our own province. But anyways, um, so that's, you know, the thing is like, you've got to find ways to relax as well um, so that you're not constantly fighting because that's exhausting. Um, you know, there's the flight state that some people are in, like there's some people who have left. Like I had yeah. a friend, who has American and Canadian dual citizenship and he moved to a Republican state where they don't have to deal with this nonsense. And um, he already worked in the US and he's American anyways. So like some people will leave. And so even if you can find ways to like leave the, the fight, sometimes you may not be moving to a different country, but you yeah. can find to like, you know, release your
0: flight. Right. Right. So now with this being said, and this was like, when I was watching the video, I had these couple questions pop into mind. So I'd like to actually discuss these, um, now us being humans and thinking with a completely different brain. And although our, our nervous system is very similar to other animals and mammals, I'm a person who hunts, right? So I've been studying wildlife for the longest time. Um, and recently just started taking it very, very seriously because this could very well be my only food source in the very near future. So, um, you know, with us being mammals and, and having that nervous system, do you think that, you know, uh, strength training, uh, resistance training, physical training, because I know that like people who get into powerlifting, powerlifting is largely a, a, a nervous system sport. Um, and when you, when you see people as well at the gym, they think that, you know, when you say warm up, it means to, you know, warm up the muscles. It's like, no, no, you're, you're priming your nervous system to, to make sure that every muscle is firing correctly. You're doing that. My muscle connection. So do you think that people can train their nervous system to be able to handle more of these stressors in, in a situation like this?
1: Yes. And it will look different to everybody. So like I'm not a certified practitioner in this. This is something I've been um, studying myself and I've been the test subject myself. So like I went from having like extreme anxiety to now, like experiencing bouts of anxiety, but regulating out of it faster. Right. right. So that has come with working with a practitioner for me, like one-on-one, which has been a combination of body work and conversation and, you know, other sorts of things um, like actually physically working with the nervous system, but there's also, um, different sorts of exercises that you can do. Like I went to some workshops, um, at one point where I would learn physical exercises that would calm the nervous system and everybody's different. So what works for me may not work for you but i was even thinking at some point it would be cool to get like a group zoom going on uh together where i could show you guys some of these exercises that i learned in these workshops and stuff and like show you guys some different techniques if there's a group that ever wants to do that because it can you know calm the system down and you know when you're talking about powerlifting i used to powerlift and coach people to to powerlift as well i had an elite bench press when i was um you know a few years ago like i really got into the sport and stuff so um I would find that even with powerlifting, like in a workout, you have to get into states of relaxation. So, yeah. you know, like you, you, you do your big lifts, like, you know, let's say you're doing like a, you know, seven by three, your deadlift. And like, you just take really long breaks between each of those, those sets, you you pop up your triple, and then you go sit down and chill yeah.
0: out. Right.
1: Like get yourself into a calm state again, so that you're not like, you know, stressed, but you're just like, riding the wave of like stress relaxation so you can train the system but yeah it's very different from one one person to the next so like meditation for example might not work for everybody some people would be better to do like a walking style meditation than Mm -hmm. something where you're laying down some people um well with anybody i think it's good to ground yourself like um if you have a backyard go into your yard and ground yourself in the grass you know, we're fortunate in British Columbia, like we have beaches in Vancouver. So like, just go dig your feet in the sand and like stand literally in the earth and connecting more with nature because we are nature, but we're so far from
0: absolutely
1: with everything that's going on in the world. And like right now is very, um, strange because like everything about it is very strange what's happening, but it's, it's interesting to see the, divide of people that are like, so reliant on the pharmaceutical industry. And yes. like, I, I want to use more natural forms of medicine. Like I want to use natural healing. Methods.
0: Right? Absolutely.
1: Working with the nervous system is, is like as primal as you can get. You know? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, and what people have neglected to to even look at and I guess it's, I don't know if it's neglect as much as it is just sheer you don't know what you don't know um people think that you know modern medicine always says that everything else is like secondary or alternative and it's like well pre-germ theory there were healers there was our medicine there was allopathic med- like there was all of these things there's natural healers and and just people who had the ability to say you know well if you have uh if you have heartburn, take something like marshmallow to cool the effect as opposed to here's some Pepsi, AC and some, you know, some, uh, some Tums and all of these things that we know have fucked people up, right? Like they're not great for your body. Um, yeah. So it's, it's very strange to me that people haven't, uh, haven't even considered terrain theory. Like germ theory was entirely based on a lie. It was based on a farce and they just continued to, you know, use, push this industry forward in order to create these giant institutions and get these, you know, big degrees. And I'd love for people to go back and actually look at this and you'll start to realize that I think that that's, there's, there's two major stressors for people that I notice. Number one is always worrying if you're sick from something, because our entire society will tell you that this is bad for you. This is good for you. Like, just live your life right? Settle down day by day, right? Like every day, just make sure that you get a little bit of sun, get your half hour of sun a day, make sure you go into your backyard, take your socks off, stand in your grass, right? And just take a few deep breaths. Like there's some very, very basic principles to staying, you know, relatively healthy. But everybody thinks that, no, no, I can only stay healthy when the doctor tells me that, you know, I do this, this and take this and this. And it's, it's so backwards. And the other stressor is these goddamn phones. Like, like, you know, one alert goes off and like you're, you're, you don't realize that your brain is stressing about answering that message, but it's in the back of your head. So deeply programmed that you can't just take a little time away from it. Right. And, and being without it almost Triggers this anxiety response in people. Like I I can't go without my phone for an hour. Oh my god, I forgot my phone at home, and you'll be three quarters of the way to work. That's two hours away, and turn back around to get your phone. Right? It's it's pretty wild to me that these little stressors have become things that absolutely run our life. And there's a huge, huge tie-in and huge correlation to exactly what you're saying. Right? Like that alone elicits a fight or flight response. Because now you're thinking, oh, no, I don't have my phone. What am I going to miss? And humans are always, we are ran on, on this concept of we need to know what's next, always. So it was it was very well played the way they did the phone thing to create anxiety.
1: So true. And I love that you just said that because I'm actually taking a three-day digital detox starting tomorrow. I'm going to be turning my phone off um, because of what you just said. I was like, I, I don't want to be. Attached to my phone, I can tell that it's making me more anxious. You know, you get your messages, and like I'll turn as many notifications off as I can. But with all the stuff that's going on right now, it actually kind of becomes addicting um, watching Toronto, to be completely honest. Like, because, yeah. you know, I'm in Vancouver, and to, you know, give you a bit of perspective as to what it's like in Ban right now, we are inconvenienced. There is a mask mandate. Um, if you don't wear a mask, though, you're not really like treated that terribly like I've never worn one to be completely honest and um I've been able to get by I've only been like interrogated a couple times and I wear one of those buttons that says I'm exempt and I did get a doctor's note as well because of one of the times that somebody tried to you know intimidate me and stuff and I thought it would just be easy to have one but for the most people don't even ask me to wear one I go into stores or or restaurants or whatever and like we (laughs) Our indoor dining was briefly closed, it's open again, like everything is, was sort of reopened today and it wasn't really shut down in the first place. Like it's very different. And I mean, you see the odd person at the beach with a mask on and kind of think, hey, that person's really, you know, deep into the programming, but yeah. You know, somebody walking their dog with masks, mask, but most of the time outside, people are not wearing masks so much, and it's a very active city, and natural health is very common in British Columbia. Ah. I think that we're we're a bit better off in that regard, because we've got a bunch of alternative health practitioners here. It's the natural health capital of Canada. Okay. You know, we have a very... There's definitely the people that are, you know, the stay home save lives like, people that that feel that way but it's not the same as Ontario so sometimes I get addicted to like watching you guys and being like what's going on next over there and like I know Alberta is terrible right now like a friend just now said that the yeah salons are still closed in Alberta whereas like we have this like reopening plan in play right now that apparently masks are going to be optional by September I hope But I mean, they're kind of optional now. Like you don't have to do what it tells you to do. And like, I feel anxious in a mask. So I'm not going to wear one because it creates an anxious fight flight response for me. And then Mm -hmm. like my breathing gets impaired and it's just, it's not good for me. Because one of my old childhood traumas, I was actually like locked in a room. Like it was a traumatic experience at preschool where I got blamed for something I didn't do. And then the teacher punished me by throwing me in a room and like just being in that enclosed space and all that stuff. Like I have some claustrophobic Uh, tendencies like still living in my nervous system it's way better than it used to be but I'm not going to wear a mask to make other people comfortable because then it makes me uncomfortable and I think that a lot of what's going on shows that Canadians have really weak boundaries because people will do things to make other people comfortable but they put themselves at risk. And now so-
0: what? why is that? Why is that it was so easy for them to pass these mask mandates? And why is it that it was so easy to manipulate people into doing everything that they wanted them to do? What was it about their mental state? Like what state do you think the masses were in that really allowed them to be manipulated so easily?
1: Well, I mean, part of it is that like the Trudeau programming over the past few years has been quite interesting to observe like I do know people who um worship the guy and it doesn't really make any sense to me um I can't say that I keep close connection with anybody who feels that way but I, I have had conversations with people where they think the guy is doing a great job and I'm like oh okay um are you unaware of all of these things like you know just list a couple things and people just deny that it's happened because his the marketing for him has just been next level. Like people have really fallen for this uh, facade, really. So I mean that's part of it, and I think that um, the censorship is just you know some people don't know how to get by it. Um, I discovered alternative media a few years ago, so I, I don't know. Like
0: what are what are some of your your alternative media sources just for the audience?
1: Um, like I like the Rubin report, like in the, you know, for US media. Um, Dave Rubin was actually one of the first people that I discovered when I started to look at different uh sources. So like I like True North. Um Rebel is is fine, you know, like I like watching some of their stories and whatnot. A little bit I- of a
0: little bit of Rush Limbaugh, you know, yeah. throw that in there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. And um I like the daily wire. Like I, I like Ben Shapiro. I don't hold all the same beliefs as him, but I don't have to hold all the same beliefs as somebody to feel that they can provide unbiased, um, yeah. journalism about things. Right. And that's just the thing is like, we live in this strange society where if you're not part of the group think herd, then you're considered to be an alt right extremist. Whereas like, look, everybody, you can have your own viewpoints. Like I'm not a conservative I'm not a liberal either like I would say if you ask me politically like where I stand I'd say I'm a libertarian like I just want to live and let live society with like very little government involvement and I want you to live your life the way it suits you
0: absolutely
1: I life the way it best suits me and like that's where I would fall but I've got a mix of conservative and liberal views and values and like I don't need to apologize to this far left mob for feeling that there's some views I want to want to be more conservative about. Like I don't need to apologize to these people for, for feeling that way about certain policies, but they've all been really indoctrinated into this cult. And like, I was actually asked to be in a cult a few years ago, um, but I wasn't asked like, Hey, do you want to join a cult? (laughs) I (laughs) I was invited into this personal development program and did you ever hear of like VM? Like it was spelled like NXBIM or N-X-I-V-M?
0: I, I I haven't. Honestly, people avoid me like the plague. Um, I'm one of those that gives that vibe where I do what I want to do, how I want to do it. So I just don't get any of this. Like I'm just surprised that Scientology hasn't tried to scoop me up yet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: With this cult, it was disguised as a personal development program. And because I work in the health and fitness industry, we were a target for it because of you know personal development, like you know getting healthier and all these things. And Marketing. so a lot of people that I know in the health and wellness circle in Vancouver ended up in this cult, thinking that they were in a personal development program, okay? And as you get deeper and deeper into the cult, they were able to brainwash them into thinking that any of their friends and family that were starting to express concern about them being in this cult were the enemy. So they were able to get them to that point. And then um, they were able to get them to, some of them, so deep into it. And it was invite only, by the way. It's not like you could just sign up for it. You had to be invited by somebody in the personal development, AKA cult circle. And then they, at the like very deepest part of it, they collected collateral from the women and they were branding them in under the belt with the like a hot brand of the thing. And it was like connected to this the child sex trafficking and like all this stuff.
0: Whoa.
1: The guy who was the cult leader ended up getting arrested. Like, as we know that some of this stuff is starting to crumble, right? Oh this, fuck
0: that guy. This
1: was this <laughs> stuff getting, started this stuff getting to be um, crumbling. Wow. And the reason why I didn't end up joining it was because my intuition was like, there's something really wrong with this. Like, I don't think I can join. And like, you know, I called the office and was like, yeah, you know, like I was invited to join this. Like I was going to sign up. I, I really don't think I should. And, you know, started talking to her and she discovered that I'm an NLP practitioner and she, they, they use NLP to program the people into it. And so she's like, oh right, yeah, right. if you're NLP, then you can't join because they knew that i would be able to observe their patterns and be like oh okay well they're they're brainwashing everybody they're they're hypnotizing people because nlp is like a branch of hypnosis it's similar to hypnosis if i did like an advanced nlp exercise with you like i put you into a state of trance and help you change your perspective about something like in a highly suggestible uh state and work with your subconscious mind right and so when you look at that and I'm like, okay, so that's my experience with a cult. I wasn't in the cult, but I was invited. And I know people that escaped the cult and like went out to speak out about it. And this guy got arrested and whatever. They they were able to get these people to see their friends and family who were concerned about them as the enemy. What's happening right now? People who speak out saying like, hey, do you wanna hear some facts about this jab? Like it's actually still in clinical trial. It doesn't have any long-term safety data. Um, you know, follow the money. These people are, are gaining financially from all these things that are going on, right? people that are indoctrinated into the Rona cult, as I call it, will see anybody who speaks out about it as the enemy because they've been programmed yeah. to do that. And so it is literally like a cult. And um, it's, it's quite strange to see people that you know in that state. And I, I realized, like, in my subconscious and in my mm-hmm. nervous system, this week I discovered that I was feeling this underlying sickness um about how people that I know it's not so much that I'm disliked it's not the the concept of being disliked that bothered me it was the concept of people turning on me because the government told them to and that people that you know a lot of us have been close to um are mask Nazis and it's just it's it disturbed me so I was glad that I was able to discover that that was, you know, bothering me as much as it was, which is why I'm taking a digital detox because <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely
1: <laughs> get away from it and get away from that, like addiction of being like, what's happening in Toronto now.
0: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm sure people can take a whole lot from this, this, uh, this podcast episode. Um, we're definitely going to have to catch up possibly like every month. <laughs> because i'd like to hear your perspective on you know the amount of things that change in a month's time is insane it's like they you know they move the goalposts constantly like by the week so i mean by the end of the month we should be able to uh you know kind of hop on here again and and i want to see what your perspective is i want to know how the detox went i want to know how all of this is going but uh if you could give everybody uh, where they can find you on instagram or facebook or whatever kind of plug yourself on here
1: yeah, for sure, and we didn't even talk about today, like how this is affecting kids' nervous systems and how damaging this is for their development. So we're gonna have to talk about that at some point too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have two Instagrams actually. So one of them is at glorious and free with an extra e. It has three e's because that's what I could get with glorious and free. <laughs> And so um, I've got that one. And then I have another one that's you are underscore weightless. And on that one, I talk about my natural healing journey because I've been um, holistically healing from anxiety and pharmaceutical uh, damage. So yeah, I've got two Instagrams.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I absolutely appreciate you. You are an amazing human being. So I definitely hope to do this again soon.
1: For sure. Thank you so much.
0: Awesome. Have a great one. You too. Bye now. Thanks for tuning in to the Freedom Frontline Podcast. You can reach me on Instagram at FR33DOMFR0NTLINE. That's Freedom Frontline on Instagram. You can also hit me up on Telegram at Freedom Frontline. I'll be happy to take all of your inquiries there as well. And until next time, this is the Freedom Frontline Podcast.